Dr. Eileen Hale, and I'm bringing a special guest from the United States, an English language teacher, Brooke Leach Grable is joining us as an elementary school teacher in the United States who has also served as an English language fellow in Kosovo. Welcome, Brooke. She's gonna to talk to us about the overall benefits of professional development in your classroom today. Welcome, Brooke. Hi, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's so great to have you back again as we saw each other recently at TESOL International in Pittsburgh in the United States. So Brooke, just jumping back to the TESOL convention we were recently at together, can you share how it supports your professional development, not only TESOL, but in general, international, local, regional conferences? So for me personally, I know that many of your listeners and viewers are from other countries, but here in Ohio, where I live in the United States, we are evaluated every single year and attending professional developments, um, being involved in outside of the school commitments, such as being involved in your local TESOL or your local IATEPL or um, attending different PDs, that plays into your evaluation. So for me, every year, it's important for me to attend and learn new things and meet new people so that I can, you know, kind of bump myself up that evaluation scale. Um, but on another note, aside from the evaluation, it's for me about seeing other people and what they do in the classroom. Because I only work in my district with one other English language teacher and we don't get to see each other very often. And in fact, I've never been able to see her teach. So for me, it's about getting ideas from other people because I don't have another person like that in my district. And I'm sure a lot of the language teachers that are watching right now are in that same boat. They maybe work with one other teacher or they might be the only person in their school that's teaching English. So to meet those other like-minded individuals is unbelievably important. That's fantastic to share. Can you share any specific tips, teaching tips, if you will, that you extracted, <laughs> that you gained from participating in a lot of workshops, I'm sure, at the convention? So one of my, I try to go into the big convention every year with a goal, and I try to attend sessions all related to that one goal. So my big goal this year was to kind of make my classrooms a bit more fun I am a little, I'm very type A, I like things a certain way. So for me to kind of let loose with my students and relax is a little bit tricky. And I know that that's what the students enjoy. So a lot of my sessions at this particular convention in Pittsburgh had to do with games. And we know that gamification is huge right now in education, not just English language teaching. Um, so one of the big things that I took away was this very simple idea of, you know, those two pictures that are side by side and you have to spot the differences. Yeah. I have been doing those with my students and they absolutely have no idea that we are building their vocabulary, that we are practicing various sentence structures in picture A I see, but in picture B I do not see. 
Um, we're practicing critical thinking because we're comparing and contrasting in a very simple way. And then at the end, I make them write their sentences about what they saw, what they didn't see, what was the same, what was different. So we're combining so many language skills and they just think we're having fun for the day. So that was really, really fun for me to learn. And it's been great to do with my students. And if you want to hear one more, I did also start playing Jenga, you know, the tall game where you pull out the pieces. And yeah. I started putting questions or vocabulary words, taping them to the different Jenga blocks. And then as the student pulls it out, they have to either answer the question on the block or they have to tell me what that vocabulary word that we're learning means or something like that. So again, we're having fun, but we're making it language-based as well. So those are two things that I learned this year that my students really enjoy. And I do too. It's been fun to relax a little bit, particularly at the end of this extremely stressful year. Yes, thank you, Brooke. Those are both great ideas and fun ones to implement easily, even in low resource environments mm -hmm. around the world. So thank you for sharing those. And one thing that I heard you say was focusing when you go to a conference, I think it's really important to know what you're going to get, right. <laughs> as well as we've talked about giving. Uh, but in this case, what do you really want to take away? Uh, be really focused on that so that you indeed take away those concrete things that you can apply in your classroom afterwards. So and I think it's great too, sorry, when speaking of focus, I went in with this focus knowing that me relaxing and having fun is a struggle for me. So I knew it was a way that I needed to grow as an educator. So I think that's what, if you get to go to a workshop or if you get to attend something, think about what you actually need. We're not all perfect teachers and go in with that mindset. And I think you'll really take away what you go into take away. I think that is super advice. It's really true. If you're not a techie person, you're not a gamification person, whatever it is, try to build those skills. And as you said, grow. We all need to grow and learn to enhance our teaching. That's fantastic. Any other, that was our next question, was any advice you'd give to teachers on, I would say also, you know, for those who are unable, a lot of us around the world are unable to attend the wonderful TESOL International or a big, big conference globally for all sorts of reasons, travel restrictions and financial reasons, et cetera. What advice would you give for teachers it, to go to conferences in general, but if they can't attend in person, it's a lot more limiting, I have to say, when <laughs> you're just listening to presentations on Zoom. Yeah. Um, other types of advice you would give to teachers to attend conferences? So um, my big piece of advice is really to start locally. Um, whether that means you connect with one other school and you English teachers get together and you bounce ideas off of each other, or maybe you work Maybe you have a city you can work within and there are 10 schools and all of you as English teachers or as many as possible, maybe you meet for coffee. What are you doing in class? What are you doing in class? Well, this isn't working for me. This is a struggle that I have. You just have to have people to talk to and relate to. And sometimes, like I said earlier, you don't have one of those in your particular school. So try to find within your city or your community 
those other English language teachers. I know for me personally, when I first came back to the United States, I joined this group, it's called Northeast Ohio English Language Teachers. And we meet three times a year and it is just English language teachers from throughout my area of the state of Ohio. And I gained more from meeting and talking with those teachers than I had gained attending anything that I had paid hundreds of dollars for or from my master's degree in TESOL because they were in the classroom and I hadn't been there yet. So the advice they gave was amazing to me. So that's why I say start local is my big advice. But I go ahead, I'll let you go. Sorry, I totally agree with you. And I think that's fantastic advice. Uh, even when I was working in Albania, you know, I think you gain from the teachers that are in your context. It's easy to go to an international conference and it's all exciting and fascinating, but not easy to go, but easy to uh, think about all the benefits of an international conference. But as you say, our most relevant context is our own context and learning from teachers locally, regionally, as close to our home as possible. We can always gain from that international perspective, of course, and learn from around the world, uh, but going back home <laughs> and culturally, contextually applying these teaching ideas is probably the most important, as you said. So thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> the other thing you were gonna say? The Sorry. other thing I wanted to say is, I know that everyone wants to attend workshops and everyone wants to, you know, learn new things and attend PD. That is one thing that I have learned about English language teachers that I've met throughout the world is every single one that I've met wants to get become a better English teacher, right? I don't think I've ever met a lazy English language teacher in my life. Um, so I wanted to share with you a couple of websites that yeah. I think your listeners could go to and I shared them with you. So maybe we could put them in the YouTube comments. Definitely. Um, so the first one is AmericanEnglish.state.gov. They host free professional development all the time. And yes, it's through Zoom, but they're still going to provide you those opportunities to talk to each other, connect to each other, make those connections, share your phone number, share your email, because your connection doesn't have to end when the workshop ends, right? That's one of the biggest things I do is I reach out to people a lot and Dr. Hale does as well. That's how she has her whole podcast. She just makes connections and reaches out. Um, also at um, AmericanEnglish.state.gov, you can find your local RELO office. So if you don't know where yours or where the closest one is to you, that resource will be there and you can find that that's close to you. And then the other one is of course, TESOL.org. They do some online trainings as well. Um, but yeah, reach out to your local, um, where do you live? Do you have a local IATEFL in your country? Do, are you in like Greece or Italy where they have a TESOL organization? They host things throughout the year in locally in country, not just this big, you have to come to America and attend this, attend this huge thing, but every organization has something local in country. So reach out to them as well. Fantastic. I totally agree. And, you know, if you want to go to the local, I say, wherever you are in the world, U.S. Embassy, mm -hmm. they always have a cultural liaison, an English language liaison, whether it be through the State Department or Fulbright, 
find those who are in your area because there are not only Americans, but Australians, Canadians, people from around the world who are living in your city and your country who could help you and be a resource for you, even as a native speaker coming to your class, those kind of things. It's building those networks, I think is so important. And as you mentioned, uh, following up after the workshops is key, I would agree. Stay in touch with people, reach out to people. It's really this person-to-person -person connections that make a difference in our teaching, in our growth, and how we support one another as educators. Exactly. Thanks, Brooke. We will put those links in the show notes for everyone out there. Uh, any final words, final tips you'd like to leave our listeners with? No, I think I said everything. I think my tip, or no, how about this? My goal for everyone will be to go to one of those websites and maybe try to attend one thing by the end of 2022. How about that? Excellent. I agree with you. I know it is hard to make those extra hours in our day or on the weekend to attend a webinar, but I encourage you as well to take advantage of the resources that are available for us around the world. Thanks, Brooke, for your time today. Of course. Wonderful. Thanks again for having me. It was really Love fun. Having you.